Okay, so my question is, why is it that most of the times when people are typically talking to more than one person, they don't they don't tell like the other people that, oh, you know, see, I'm weighing my options, though. They wait until things go south, until we are our bosses, and then the next thing, they just go like, um, okay, this was it. I don't understand. So, are you like looking for a guy's perspective of why that is? Cause, I mean, I guess. Because <laughs> if you are asking for what guys do and why they do it, now again, I'm, this is not about my own personal self because I can always talk about my own perspective. Mm-hmm. But if you are curious to why people do it, yeah. it is almost in anticipation that like the other person is not going to be okay with it, mm-hmm. and you'd rather take forgiveness than ask permission. So it's like, well, I mean, you've not made it a problem. You've not brought up the fact that what are your rules or what are you not? I don't know. If if I don't know, it's not going to be a problem, right? Yes. Like, I'm solely going to be acting in ignorance. You you, you talk completely good, of course. But I think the key piece for a lot of people and why you would just Mm -hmm. pretend it's fine is, well, it isn't that serious yet. Like, you've not told me what this is. And I've not told you what this is either. So it's almost presumptuous Mm -hmm. for me to tell you, oh, by the way, I'm talking to other people. It's almost like, by the way, you're not really my op- my main option. That's kind of how it sounds and how it comes across. Uh, and so you don't want to be like, oh, by the way, you're not the main one here to just be coming down. Like, that's not I what mean, you want to do. At the beginning, everybody knows, right? Everybody knows that, um, well, it's not that serious yet. As exactly. Whole, exactly. So why can't you tell me Opera? Because basically... The reason but you just I... answered your own question. If everybody knows, mm-hmm. right? If everybody already knows, then why do I... Not? It's almost like you are rubbing it in my face that you're not the only one I'm considering. So... You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the key thing where it's like, it's almost like understood mm-hmm. until you tell me, okay, we are now together and they say a thing. Like, don't talk to anybody else. So, like, in fact, shut down your DM. It's closed for, for yeah, shop now. Well, like, well, until then, there's really no need for me to be like, by the way, after this date, I'm going to another date tomorrow with somebody else. Exactly. Well, okay, now, this is like another aspect if, mm-hmm. if it's that way yeah mm-hmm. why is it that you know when you see some other guy texting me the next day for example <laughs> as a girl when you see another guy texting me the next thing you're in your feelings already mm. or when i cannot do something that solely pleases you you're in your feelings already but you know i'm not the only option too so mm-hmm. like it doesn't make any sense and to me i'm talking about it because this money literally the place that i live Something happened across my building. So basically, I live like in an apartment complex. Some people call it condo, whatever. Apparently, this girl, this guy had been talking to this girl. And like the police even came this morning. Mm-hmm. This guy had been talking to this girl. And she comes to his house in the morning. And there's another girl in the house. And she's like, well, you told me there is a support. Like, if you're talking to multiple women or mm-hmm. multiple men, just say up front and be like, well, I know, you know, we just started talking, but, you know, I'm talking to other people as well. Until this becomes serious, I'm going to still keep talking to other people. <laughs> okay, but even then, like, everybody has a different, um, what, how do we say, a framework of dating, right? Everybody has different rules of what they're going to do, different ways they're going to go about it. And I think the assumption that your framework is the norm, which, I mean, for most people, everybody assumes theirs is the norm. Yeah. doesn't mean that's what somebody else will do because True. you can be salty but that doesn't mean it was wrong it was just somehow and that thing where you need to differentiate between what's wrong and what's somehow is where you need to speak quickly that you know what this thing is going to make me feel somehow 
And I would like to tell you in advance so that when I bring it up later, it will actually be wrong. Yeah. So okay. that thing where like someone wouldn't tell you like is this like some people actually even want relationships that are not monogamous. Some people want that. So I think a lot of people assume that if you don't want the norm, you will declare. And I think it's a little wrong to assume that you want to, with your chest to be like, okay, by the way, these are the things I'm not going to accept. I'm not going to accept this, this, and that. If you're talking to multiple people, let me know. If you are not, um, when you decide to, let me know. Yeah. Now, understandably, some people will take the opposite route where they may be talking to one person, at least at the start, mm-hmm. but this person is dragging. Mm-hmm. Oh, more well, let me find my, own, my second option, please, because clearly this one is just here for pen pals. Mm-hmm. And you know what? <laughs> that happens too, where like, so who are just like, they just enjoy you as a friend, but you've not fully said they're your friend. So you don't understand, they just like enjoy your company, mm-hmm. but they haven't. Okay. And they haven't said, and you're like, you're like, I kind of feel this person, but I don't know if I should make a move or not. And so, especially when you're in that space, yeah. and you've not fully said, okay, actually, I'm actually interested. I'm an option, which is another conversation we'll have separately. But like, people need to completely with their chest be like, look, honestly, I'm cool being your friend, but I need you to understand that I'm an option. Yeah, I'm interested, okay. as opposed to this like general weirdness of. You pretend like it's assumed because yeah. we hung out yeah. that I like yeah. you. No, I like you. I like you. <laughs> like it's so stressful and so unnecessary. Because you know? I, I think another thing is people need to take away the notion that option is a bad word. Yep. Everybody is an option at some point. Like among three hundred candidates, I fully understand that you know everybody wants to be the preferred option eventually but everybody's still an option regardless of exactly so it just makes things so much easier yes but hi guys welcome to another episode of life in eggs today with me i have told do you want to introduce yourself <laughs> hi guys um i mean that was a very long intro to be honest <laughs> but uh no i'm Tolu here um obviously i just got pulled in and i have my own podcast as well separately that exactly. i talk about other things but uh clearly Nengi has pulled me in and we're gonna have some fun today yeah um what's the name of your podcast oh random black person in canada so that one is just all about everything that happens to me in canada i've been here 12 years <laughs> So everything from money to like life, politics, uh-huh. as as, I, as it comes to my head, I just go. That's really what it's about. So yeah, no, definitely, I hear you. Anyways, actually, yeah. and that's you know one of the reasons why I asked Tolu to get on this podcast with me because Tolu has been in Canada for twelve years, and I'm a fairly new immigrant. It doesn't matter if I've been here for like almost say five years, but I'm still fairly new in the grand scheme of things, and. It's, it's kind of, you know, struck some cards with me, basically, you know, like in the relationship that I have, and I'm not talking about romantic relationships, you know, personal relationships, work relationships. I wanted to, you know, hear from a seasoned... <laughs> <laughs> Let me come in there, please. From a seasoned person. So, mm. and how has, it, how has it been for you in Canada, like, since you've been here? How did you come? Did you come, like, through school? Or? Yeah. So, I came for undergrad. Mm-hmm. And so, I came here 2009. Um, I did one year of high school, quote-unquote. Uh, and then I did uh, undergrad at Carleton's in Ottawa. And then I did my master's, like, four years after, somewhere there about. So, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, bro, that must have been, like, literally from 
secondary school you just came here well yeah pretty much yeah i finished i actually finished secondary school in nigeria I completely finished yeah. it and i was still too young so keep in mind i came to canada at like 16 yeah so i was still too young and so i did a, another year of um high school mm-hmm. and then went to university so that was kind of my story so how did you like assimilate into the society was it fairly easy for you or you know you had issues coming in mm-hmm. i so it wasn't it wasn't very difficult because like you are still at that place in your life where it's still relatively easy to adapt yeah um it was quite straightforward the things i did like obviously with winter until now i still don't like that <laughs> i don't but... think anybody <laughs> likes winter right exactly but for the most part it was relatively straightforward I would say um, you learn everything, you adapt step by step. You shed a lot of Nigerianness, yeah. and then you quickly realize that people from Nigeria are mad. <laughs> like it, it takes you a few that's, moments that's where you topic, discover that. That's topic yeah. for another day. Yeah. But now, like you've been able to assimilate, you did work, um, you did school, mm-hmm. undergrad, high. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm child. Nigerian, yeah. so you hope in secondary school, yeah, exactly. university work. In so master's. now you're working. How mm-hmm. has it been like for you? Like you know, at work. It's been fine, I would say. I think, I think work for me now just seems very straightforward. Like I, I almost like innately get it. And even when people complain about things that happen in Canadian like workplaces, I already like understand why. Yeah. So for me now, it's almost like part of my life. So it's it's it was a struggle at first. I won't lie. But after a while, once it clicks, it just clicks and you just keep going. Yeah, because to be honest, for me as an immigrant, you know, in Canada, I'm. And since I didn't do undergrad or I didn't do like um, uni, uni in Canada, it's, it's been kind of difficult, you know, forgetting most of my Nigerianness and adapting to, you know, the culture here. Because here they basically tell you like whatever's on your mind, say it. But mm-hmm. I, sometimes I struggle with that a lot because as a Nigerian, in class, you know, coming here to do like to go to school, they mm-hmm. tell you basically like you're supposed to call whoever is teaching you. Let's say whoever is teaching you his name is King. Mm-hmm. You basically just say, "Hey, King," or "Um, King, I need your assistance." <laughs> but you dare not say that in Nigeria and be like, uh, oh, "You're days. going outside. You're going outside that day." In mm-hmm. fact, you failed. You failed for the rest of the university. If you ever, you have to be like Mister, yeah. and it has to be their last name or something yeah. like the respects them it's just you know i think i think that's one of the things that like holds nigerians back Mm -hmm. where submitting to authority is absolute and i think sometimes people need to recognize that even authority people there are people too you know what i mean like the title you respect the title sure but the Mm -hmm. person behind it is still a person and i think a lot of western countries obviously canada is involved in that have quickly learned to separate the person from their role mm-hmm. and as a result if you need the person's help just because i'm in a position where i am your teacher today doesn't mean tomorrow i may not be in your own class yeah and so as a result people just like understand call me like you know me so now you get to use my first name that's kind of how it is as opposed to nigeria where you don't like even if you know me you don't know me like that mm-hmm. like do you know who i am kind yeah, of thing so exactly. Because I struggle with that a lot, especially at my at the place that I walk now, you know. Sometimes, like, there are things that I want to talk about. But because, you know, of my Nigerian upbringing, I cannot just go to my boss and be like, oh, hey, I need I need assistance with it. I mean, on some really good days, you know, maybe I haven't had, like, any village person interrupt my morning. On really good days, I can literally just walk up to them and be like, oh, I need this. It's hard, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to, you know, start conversations. How have you been 
able to navigate that because you know like i said you're mm. seasoned <laughs> i think i think the key, the key piece if you want to like navigate small talk in general which is what mm-hmm. that is you have to decide and recognize that you are no longer in nigeria that's always the primary step it takes a while to accept that nigeria is now your previous identity when you're in canada you have to almost do like canadians do so you have to start watching a lot more canadian stuff again i'm not saying you ignore nigerian stuff because literally there's nothing in nigeria other than big brother that i don't know i don't i don't follow big brother i just and, can't and the news <laughs> you know what i'm saying i don't watch big brother because it's, it's so chaotic for exactly me. but for the most part like a lot of reference in canada you now have to pay attention to like, so like, like the, the elections weather. for example the weather um those kind of things like even some sports stuff some hockey references it can be tough but for me before i used to pretend like i didn't understand what cottages were and all like yeah. what is that now it doesn't matter like even if someone, <laughs> oh my goodness i went to muskoka to like you have to try one so yeah. that even if forever you're going to use that one experience you had in 2018 yeah you keep using it till you die and that's fine mm-hmm. because as long as you know what we're talking about it feels like you're one of us yeah it feels like you so. know you're kind of into it but do you ever you know get into a position where you feel like your voice is stifled kind of of course of course, always. Like, so what do you do then? I, one of the things I, I do generally is you you feel the feeling. Like Getting a feeling is, is valid. Any feeling you get is valid. And there's a reason you, you feel mm-hmm. that way. But you have to quickly learn to overcome it and recognize that the reason why you're in the room is because you're qualified. Yeah. So you have to quickly overcome it and be like, no, 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 no. You're going to listen to me. Now, I don't care if you're going to ignore it, but at least I'm going to say what I got to say. And I find that by doing those things, people feel your presence. And over time, people even start looking to you for answers. Because you cannot discount yourself. If other people want to discount you, that's fine. Yeah. But you can never, and you really shouldn't, discount your own self first. Yeah, because, you know, you're basically your own... What's that thing called? You're basically your own hype man. Yeah. So if you're not hyping yourself, what's the point? Exactly. For me personally, you know, I've like I said before, I struggle with things like that. You know, struggling. Nowadays, you know... I try to because example for example how I met you on mm-hmm. Clubhouse mm-hmm. it took me a while you know sometimes like if I hear something that I think personally that mm-hmm. I think somebody is saying is wrong mm-hmm. and you know I want to get into that back I'm just like you know what it's, it's not even it. worth it <laughs> yeah I'm just like yeah let's let's just yeah. let's see rest you know as yeah. opposed to being like you know what I think I should actually educate you today so mm-hmm. it's recently you know that I've started speaking up especially when people hear my voice they just go like oh yeah you're like i'm like i already know it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i already know it there's no point for you you know to now start telling me extra so mm-hmm. i feel like it's helpful like what were your own tips and tricks mm-hmm. because apart from you know saying what you have to say and yeah. it takes a lot of confidence to get to that level it, it does i think okay so there's one thing that i've also noticed that you've talked you've touched on it slightly but there's a gender behavior that also impacts how people feel confident to say what they have to say uh... there's a slight piece there and it also goes even into salary negotiations and i'll get to that part a little bit later but like in general men have audacity Mm-hmm. Whether they are qualified or not qualified, they will say something. Honestly. So yeah. there's that piece already that's already available that starts everybody off. Mm-hmm. Then one of the things I quickly noticed, and this is a Nigerian thing, where you find that empty barrels make the loudest noise. Talk where you it. can see that they, they do not know what they're talking about. Yeah. But they have this need to tell you the nothing they know. And so I think for people who know or who know better... Mm-hmm. The onus is actually on you to be more confident because you actually know. 
and but the, I'm going to interrupt yes. you. Have you ever been in a situation where you're arguing with an empty barrel? Of course. And you're like, this is something that I do in my day to day because I've been in that position, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is something that I do in my day to day life. So how mm-hmm. are you going to try to educate me <laughs> about like mm. something I do every single day, whereas you just you know have like forehand knowledge or you googled something from Wikipedia, and yes. I'm telling you. I see. I understand that you might be right, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you what it is in my life. And so, how do you overcome that? I think one of those is sometimes, obviously, you have to pick your battles. Like sometimes, it's not worth it's not worth yeah. you know arguing with someone that's clearly not even going to hear any reason that mm-hmm. you know. But for the most part, you also need energy to do those kind of things, yeah. and you need to find ways to maintain your energy, whatever that is. Um, you have, you need Bad to because <laughs> I mean now, so like all these kind of things, you have to find a way mm-hmm. that you can put yourself out there and not be shut down by somebody else, yeah. irrespective of what that is. Obviously, you need to be able to obviously put your perspective out there without being disrespectful. But sometimes you be have to just you know take the L and leave it alone. It happens sometimes. Honestly, like I'm just thinking of many instances where you know. Like you were talking about how men have audacity, yes. where you know a man is outrightly wrong, but mm-hmm. he's still like, yeah, but that's how I do it, and mm-hmm. and everybody's just like, okay, we don't want to, you know, have to get into a point where this becomes like where you have a bruised ego eventually. Yeah. So, so it, 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 to that point too, even like we look at the way guys apply to jobs, mm-hmm. the way women, will. women will wait until they have overqualified yeah, to I apply think. and guys like you I have only half i still get rejected anyway you, you see what i'm saying so you even then like and that's the thing i've found even about myself like sometimes like i have two of the eight things they're looking for is enough i'm applying <laughs> it's okay like i'm applying like worst case you get to tell me no i don't say no to myself yeah and i think we need to encourage more people who are women to mm-hmm. re- like erase any sense of they're not going to accept me that that's not your choice that's not your job to do but that's t- that's a topic for another day yes. because it's so hard. Even like in before, you know, women got to this position that we are. That's the whole thing that everybody's talking about. You know, mm-hmm. the Taliban, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. revolting the new rules. It's it's not like women cannot do those same things because to be honest, this mm-hmm. is you know side note. I feel like if women were the were the Taliban, mm-hmm. right, it would be chaos. I don't think <laughs> any other country. Mm-hmm. Surrounding Afghanistan would survive because have I mean, you seen some women fight. I mean, that's that's a foreign policy conversation <laughs> separately. And I, I mean, whether they will be better, whether they will be worse. I mean, fear women, but that's not the point. <laughs> women are, women are women. Let's not discuss women today. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Yeah. For me, right. Recently, I've been burnt out at mm-hmm. work, and with burnout i'm not able to when i when i'm burnt out or when i'm under stress i'm not able to express myself as much as i would love to and i find you know my immigrant behavior Mm. coming up and going like well girl you know you're not supposed to do this you're not supposed so an example of what happened was recently at work so there were two there were two people that had the same first name but different Mm -hmm. last name so I mistakenly sent the email that was meant for one person to, to the, the other. second person. And, you know, normal Canadians are like, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But me, I'm beating myself up about it. I'm like, I cannot mess up. I cannot, you know, do mm. this as 
the quote unquote the new person new per not just the new person the immigrant <laughs> one the one that has like a different background mm -hmm. especially when i'm talking which you know brings me to another topic of i understand why sometimes people have an accent when they're yeah. talking to somebody of a different accent mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that you you're fake yeah it's just that you want to be heard correct because imagine if somebody's natural accent especially if you're in a new like environment imagine if i was working in a company that was like primarily of british people mm -hmm. and i'm in the uk mm -hmm. obviously at some point i'm going to have to fake the accent i'm going to be like, how mm -hmm. you doing mm -hmm. <laughs> or something like <laughs> that sense. just so yep. you know i can't fit it and I don't necessarily, you know, have like any tips and tricks of, you know, dealing with burnout mm -hmm. or dealing like with, with the workplace as an immigrant, because yeah. I'm personally still struggling with it. But one thing that I would say is it typically takes time, mm -hmm. practice, and then, you know, like a boss or like a team lead that is willing to listen and teach you, which, you know, is mm -hmm. something that I'm thankful for. Do you have like any tips? So for me... <laughs> There have been a multiplicity of things I've done to overcome burnout. Um, that thing where you're beating yourself up as well. And even just connecting with others. Um, for the key piece, obviously, as you rightly said, is your manager. Your manager, managing that relationship with your manager is very, very important. Managing up is a key piece to ensuring your job is satisfying. Mm -hmm. Then the other side to it is also quickly recognizing that you cannot... Like, you have to also be your own internal cheerleader in a way that you make mistakes and you move on quickly. Yeah. Because if you steal on anything you've done wrong, it will almost, you will almost make yourself feel worse than the situation requires. Mm. And so, being that biggest critic of yourself, I mean, people always say that thing, I'm my own biggest critic. I mean, great, I'm happy for you, but it's not necessary. Yeah. Like, you don't get oh, an award for yeah. it. Yeah, or you need to be, like, so self-aware. Like, uh, like, all those things are not really necessary. So, uh, some of the other things I do that I don't think many other people are going to do, but I, I certainly still go to therapy. Like, I've been going to therapy now for, like, maybe three years. This is year three. Oh, no. And a lot of what I think I'm overdoing, I just, like, talk about it because it's not necessary to say with my friends. Like... It's a similar situation where you've just talked about now. Like, if you share that with your friend, the friend is gonna be like, "It's fine, it's not a big deal." Yeah. But sometimes you need to understand why that is your response, mm -hmm. as opposed to it was an honest mistake, no big deal. Because I trust me, if someone else sends things to the wrong to you, they don't care, they don't think about it. Yeah. So why is it that I would stew on this thing? And you have to quickly realize: is this something that I've been raised to think of myself that? You know, you have to be perfect. Nobody has to be perfect. But a lot of people, and you will find this, especially in a lot of people who are first-born children, have this need to almost convince other people that they are great. Yeah. You will find this, for example, in... Um, people-pleasers. People-pleasers and things like that. You find people who are last-borns as well, that they have this need to almost feel heard. And so sometimes, even though they've been heard, they'll say the same things over and over and over. And you're like, but we've heard you. You're like, no, 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 no. You've not acknowledged me. And so a lot of times, people grow up in certain roles in their lives, yeah. especially with their families, mm -hmm. and they've not grown out of that. And so they will keep repeating that to themselves. And you need to quickly figure out why you are doing those things so that when those triggers come, you can quickly get past it. It's so odd because I've actually never heard, you know, the thing of first bond and last bond, which I, I think I might eventually have to go back and say, oh, maybe that's why I'm doing mm -hmm. certain things because I solely, you know, 
want to make everybody because for for a while i used to be like a people pleaser i've mm-hmm. i've gone through so many stages in my life mm-hmm. i've gone from blonde you know i'll tell you not the good kind of oh nice blonde i've gone from blonde i'll tell you how it is to you know shutting you down mm-hmm. to being trying to be nice eventually being quote-unquote nice and then mm-hmm. telling people you know the nicer thing so maybe you know that's something that i actually need to yeah um do it yeah, also yeah. another i feel like another question that i most likely would have was forget that you were younger you still mm-hmm. hang around like a majority of of nigerians mm-hmm. right okay how are you able to drop your nigerian mentality and then, <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah how are you able to drop your nigerian mentality and then you know mm. forge ahead it, I just say fudge ahead because yeah. it's so hard. It's it, really, it's hard. It really is. Okay, so that's one of the things I said earlier, right? Where, like, when you move, you have to accept that Nigeria, whatever you've learned as a Nigerian, mm-hmm. no longer serves you because you're no longer there. Yeah. If you want to go back there, maybe sure. But if you're not planning to be there anytime soon. But you, sorry. Yes. You cannot go back mm-hmm. because, and still have the same mentality because now you're no longer you're there. I just got back. Mm-hmm. You're just a regular person <laughs> exactly so once you do that once you've made that decision mentally that okay i am here and i'm going to try my best to make it work here you have to almost like get in a place of learning and unlearning quickly yeah um if you maintain what doesn't serve you you mm-hmm. become the person that's frustrated all the time because everything you are doing and everything you've learned doesn't work anymore so the way I went about it was just allowing myself to pass through Canada and allowing Canada pass through me as well. Like you have to quickly accept yeah. that there is a a different way. It doesn't have to be a better way, but there's a different way of doing things. There's when a different it, way of thinking yeah, about things. When in Rome, behave like you know. And even aside from that, too, like you also need to decide and pick because now you're an adult, so you get to parent yourself. Yeah. So everything you've learned growing up. That's great for that time. You're no yeah. longer a child. You're an adult now. So what are the things I'm going to train myself to become? You want to... The way I think about it is, if I want to be a CEO, how do CEOs behave? If I want mm-hmm. to be a Canadian, how do Canadians behave? Yeah. If I want to be someone who travels all the time, how do people who travel all the time behave? And so you start picking up on all those little things that those people do. How do they think? How do these people... And reading a lot also helps, right? Where you're picking up from people who, you know, maybe dead, maybe alive... But you're, you're getting a sense of how those people used to think mm-hmm. and you add what works from what they did and you drop what from you doesn't work. And that's kind of how you go about it. Okay. Well, I think, mm. you know, everything that you basically said today makes sense. Mm. I don't know if I, I will mostly apply all of it to <laughs> my life, if I'm being honest, because I really, sometimes it's a struggle that you overcome. Sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, how they say with, for example, heartbreaks. Yes. Sometimes, like, you're healed and then the next day, like, you're perfectly fine one day and then the next day, you know, you're back to your old habits. But mm-hmm. hopefully, you know. It, it takes some time. I think there's, yeah. you, you don't completely switch. Even if you decide tomorrow you're going to become an athlete, you don't mm-hmm. become an athlete. Now, you may start to think like an athlete today, but the results won't show until another maybe year or so. So similarly, even if you've made a choice that, okay, I'm going to become a better person, I'm going to start doing therapy, I'm going to start working out, you are in that mindset, but the results will show from what you did a couple of months ago. So yeah. you are still the product of your last couple of decisions. You just need to start making new decisions. 
Okay, I think the final thing, but you know mm. that you can make all of those decisions. Correct. But if you know you're in a workspace that mm-hmm. typically compares the work that you do, and you guys, I'm not saying that's my workspace. <laughs> but in case your work people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, because my boss asked me a couple of days ago, oh, mm-hmm. you have a... And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're in a workspace that, you know, compares, say, maybe the work that you do to somebody else's work, mm-hmm. or you're in a workspace that isn't necessarily the friendliest, that's mm-hmm. an entirely different ball game because Correct. you you can do all of that work. Maybe it's just time for you to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's time for you to go to, like, a more healthier workspace that can promote your work-life balance. There's, certainly, I think... Aside from, you know, improving yourself, there's something also to be said of the environment you place yourself in. Mm-hmm. If you are constantly having to be the bigger person, you need to yeah. stop being around small people. Take yourself out. You know, so, so that's that's kind of what it is. You want to find people that are more to your level because soon enough, if you're around certain people, they will drag you down to theirs. So you got to move at some I, point. I, sometimes, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that because hmm, you might actually not be a bigger person. Okay. You might be like a really difficult person to you could. deal with. You could. So how do you navigate that? Because at this point, you, is it just entirely up to that person? Yeah, but but even if you're a difficult person, there are scenarios and situations that are built for difficult people to thrive. So no matter how bad anybody is, mm-hmm. there are places where bad people become better because of the environment. As much as you know, some things are about you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the environments also enable bad behavior. So similarly, like as many of us are Canadians, they put us in a different country, we may behave entirely differently because we are now going to apply to the norms of yeah. that new place. Yeah. So as much as you may be a, a wonderful human being, if you're in a toxic organization, nothing will change. Right, so yeah, like you know how like they say people in Russia are so mean. So imagine like Canadians, you know, moving exactly. to Russia. They would also just, become mean over yeah, time. So that's kind of it would it just is. become so odd. Mm-hmm. Have you ever dealt with like intimidation at work? Intimidation. So generally, no. Um, have you Have you been the intimidator? I I've not been the intimidator, but sure? I I think I think because of who I am and in general, I've always been like a an outspoken. Person. I mean, I don't know if it's outspoken, but like I've never shrunk. For any reason mm-hmm. and so i feel it is possible and there have been scenarios where people find me intimidating without me having done anything <laughs> and that's okay i have no problem with that like i'm actually not my goal is it at any point to ever shrink myself but when people get to know me they're like oh okay i mean it's fine but yeah. i'm not i've never been i said nothing in canada anyways where i've had to worry about what people think of me like literally even my managers my bosses like there have been moments where like i would even talk to my director and in a way that you need to understand, you don't play with me. Mm-hmm. You can play with anybody else. There are other people in this office. Period. But my name, remove it. So, <laughs> you know, the, the, and that's the way I want to be perceived. Like, you can't... And don't get me wrong, there have been situations where, obviously, I did not behave ideally. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I was now scared of the situation. I just didn't yeah. want a confrontation. I didn't want a conflict. And I would back out. And that's as far as I've gone. I've never been intimidated in general. Mm, okay, like... Yeah. You can. I'm not shrinking to. No, but anybody. I would can leave the choke. situation, but yeah, like, it's not. It's not because I'm afraid of you. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, you guys, we've basically come to the end of this episode. Like Tolu said, you know, you need to build confidence to survive in you know certain situations like that, especially when you're moving from one place to another. You know, you need to adapt and assimilate. You know, whatever new traditions they have, drop. Not, not saying drop all of the old ones you have, but drop some of the old ones you have. 
Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Please don't forget to check out Toru's podcast, Random Black Person in Canada. And, you know, do have a great day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>